I'm Danica Juarez. And I'm Jan James. And this is How's It Hold Up? Hi, I'm Danica. And I'm Jan. And I'm Valerie. And today, we watched another Looney Tunes short, the first one that we've watched in a while, actually. Uh, This one was Ride Him Bosco. Boy, howdy. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, geez. Who would, like, I'll do, I'll I'll go ahead, I'll just jump on it. I'll do the brief plot synopsis. You're not gonna, you're not gonna spoil it? Are you are gonna spoil it then? I won't spoil the very end. So, spoiler-free plot synopsis. Oh, wow, okay, well, we have an energy today. (laughs) So... Um, Bosco is in the Wild West and he rides into town and goes to a saloon and Honey is in a cart that gets besieged by stagecoach. Wow. (laughs) She's in a stagecoach that's being besieged by bandits. Um, and, uh, eventually Bosco finds out about that and rides off to save her. That's the short. Yeah. Yes. What did y'all think of this short? It was surprising. Uh, but overall, before the surprise, middling. Yeah, I would say okay-ish at best for the most part. And often just kind of boring. Yeah. Yeah, very boring. And I thought I was in a Disney short because it was... What do you, what do you mean? Yeah. So much was copied. The Mickey and mm. the Bosco and what's the girl's Honey. name? Honey. Literally sounded like Mi- Mickey and Minnie, their voices. One of the parts where Bosco, like, after he his hat gets shot up, and he kind of, like, does that cheesy smile. I'm like, it's literally just a thing that Mickey has done in multiple cartoons before this. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, literally, it looked visually like a Disney, you know, short. It doesn't, it they definitely copied. don't, like, eventually, you can think of, like, Mickey Mouse cartoons and Looney Tune cartoons, and, like, they visually appear visually different in your mind. Currently... There's no difference. One is clearly aping the other. Yeah. Um, And it's pretty obvious which one it is, Looney Tunes. Let's get specific, by which I mean some fun facts. So this short includes the first ever live action sequence in a Warner Brothers cartoon. Um, we won't discuss the context of that yet. There's there's kind of like a spoiler uh, about about this cartoon that we will, we're not going to have like a spoiler section, but we're just going to hold off on talking about it for a little bit. Um, This was the final Looney Tunes cartoon to use a hot time in the old town as the opening theme music. Um, I don't actually remember what it sounded like, but it's not going to sound like that anymore. Let's talk, let's talk about the animation and the characters and stuff. I mean, you talked about it a little bit, right? Like, Visually, really nothing interesting for most of the short. It's just like literally if you replaced Bosco and Honey with Mickey and Minnie, then it'd be like a, An older a, short. a, a meh Mickey cartoon. Yeah. yeah. Like it wouldn't, there's nothing about Bosco and Honey's personalities that are any different than the most bare bones of like executions of Mickey and Minnie. Yeah, and it was just so eye-rolly because it was such a copycat. Not only did Mickey and Minnie, I'm sorry, did Bosco and (laughs) Honey sound just like Mickey and Minnie, but Honey had the same skirt, same shoes as Minnie. I mean, in fairness, I think she looked like that last time we saw her, too. I don't think that their designs or even their voices have really changed that much. They've just always been 
bad copycats. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and maybe it's because there's been such a gap between me seeing a, one. We've literally and just we seen just, the two, and it was a while ago. Yeah, and because I've been seeing so much of the the Disney yeah. shorts that I'm just like, what? This is like such yeah. a copycat. We so. are we are still a far cry from Bugs Bunny and Daffy Duck and these characters that like actually have personality outside of what Disney's doing. We're just just not there yet. And I don't know where this falls in the timeline as far as a year it, with the last one. So we're still, okay, so we're in we're the like, same year. So like a year or two after, I think. Of the I, one we the saw. The very first time. Bosco short is like tail end of 1929. And then I think the second one that we watched, Sinking in the Bathtub, I think was 1930. So it's actually been like two years since we checked in on on Bosco here. And he hasn't really gotten any better. <laughs> no, in fact, that makes me even less impressed and more disappointed because there was so much repeat footage with the with the bandits with yeah. the guns just kept going back to that same shot with the stagecoach and yeah. and honey hot you know being jolted around there was like like things. the like the third or fourth time they cut back to the stagecoach driver i was like you better not lose that hat again mister <laughs> and he didn't fortunately that that time where i thought that but <laughs> yeah they repeated that just so much repetition and i'm like they really liked the shot of the bandits like coming towards the screen yeah they're like oh this which is was great. like which was like a well drawn shot compared to most of what's in there but then they used it like three times so it kind of loses its impact yeah so i i don't remember so much repetition in any of the recent ones we've we've seen so by for that alone, no we've mostly was... been we've mostly been watching disney ones lately and they they are more successful currently and so they are putting more effort into the animation because they have the budget and the desire to do so whereas warner brothers I mean, we'll discuss it, but there's a sense in this cartoon that they don't care that much. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and, like, it shows. Like, it's gonna... Yeah. It's unfortunately gonna take the likes of, like, Tex Avery coming in here to actually, like, make them start trying to be funny in any way that isn't just imitative. Um and you know he brings his own problems. He's got he's racist and sexist, but like he does bring some genuine comedy skills there. And it's it's just like a bummer because Fritz Freeling worked on this cartoon or Isidore Freeling as he's currently referred to as. But like it, that man eventually makes some really funny Looney Tunes cartoons, but currently it's not happening. And you know. To a great degree, that's probably not even entirely his fault. But, like, I I don't think he was even the director. I think he was just an animator. Hugh Harmon and Rudolph Ising were the directors for this one because they've kind of been the ones in charge of Bosco. And I think think that they are also the two that have been trying to get a main character for Merry Melodies and failing every time. Yeah. Um, And they're just not that funny here. Um... I don't remember what they go on to do. I don't remember if they ever make anything funny, but they're cur- they're currently not making anything funny is is the issue. But yeah, it's just it's just not that funny and it doesn't feel like it's trying that hard either. Like it's a lot of kind of lazy jokes that are thrown in there with no real rhyme or reason and I I think that there's lots of Looney Tunes later that kind of do have jokes haphazardly thrown in there, but at least they're more funny. <laughs> And they tend to be quicker paced and just work better. There's not anything here that really works that well. Yeah, like this, 
has some gags, but it's not like one of those fully that has is just a vehicle for gags. Yeah. Like uh, Bosco plays the piano at some point and it cuts to a hand of uh, a poker hand and a gag with that. But it felt really random because we weren't set up for like, oh, this is just gags and gags and gags. Yeah. Yeah. It, it just wasn't that great. And even the premise beginning that Bosco's going to this town where men are men. What is it? Nine, nine times out of ten. Nine times out of ten. And then the way they're showing that men are men is that everyone is shooting everyone. So he comes in and he says hello when he gets shot. And and before that, right before that, some, some character comes. One of the few gags that kind of amused me was in that part, though, with the tall wiener dog guy. Yes. And then his middle gets, like, shot out, which is horrific. But then it just, like splats onto the bottom and now he's just short is like the result of that exactly <laughs> yeah, so that's that one of the better ones yeah. yes 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 um, but yeah just but everyone just sh- you know just shot shooting. up with bullets and which is then again duplicated with the bandits and everything else let's talk a little bit about the ending now i think you know if you if you want to check this out i don't think we've said anything to really make you want to do that but Here's what the ending is. Um, after Bosco tries to go rescue Honey, as he's riding, it then kind of the, the camera pulls back and we see in live action some of the animators or people that are working on it. One guy's like slapping his his knee to do the sound effect of the horse running. And then he's like, how's he going to how's he going to save her? Like, what are we doing? Uh, and they're like, oh, I don't know. And he's like, well, we've got to do something. And this other guy's like. Let's just go home. And they just leave. And then the animation of Bosco like slows down and the horse like stops and Bosco looks at the screen sad. And then it's over. It is the funniest (laughs) part of the cartoon. But it's baffling. But as Steve Schneider puts in his uh, book, That's All Folks, The Art of Warner Brothers Animation, he cites this uh, cartoon as uh, an example of the studio's bare bones elementary level of quality, saying that the animators simply pack it in for the night and perhaps provide a comment on their own commitment to ingenuity. Yes. (laughs) Uh, And yeah, I mean, it is funny to end your cartoon with the protagonist not succeeding and the animators deciding, eh, screw it. But it also does kind of... Is a commentary point, for... Really it, kind of com- <laughs> it kind of comments on the amount of effort that you want to put into these in general, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, Calling yourself out. Yeah, a little bit. A little bit feels like you're telling on yourself, but... Um, also, if we're, if we're worried about this cliffhanger, I'd like to assure you that it is eventually continued in the Happy Harmony series in Bosco's Parlor Pranks, where Bosco eventually gets to rescue Honey from the crazy gunmen. Uh, Happy Harmonies is the MGM series featuring Bosco and maybe other people after Warner Brothers, like, is like, we don't want this character anymore. MGM takes him i think i think it's also Harmon and ising go to mgm um and so it's continued there we probably won't ever see that i don't know if we'll see any happy harmony shorts it's another ripoff of silly symphony yeah (laughs) and like they're like there's not there's no cartoons i know of that are particularly like stand out to where i would know about them right so we probably won't see much of any of that how many like alliterative musical based titles can we come up with uh uh, more than we should come up with (laughs) 
Mary Melody's only saving grace is that eventually it doesn't matter that it's that. It's just yes. another vehicle for Looney Tunes cartoons. Yeah. Um, Happy Harmonies, meanwhile, stops being... MGM doesn't make anything of real note until Tom and Jerry, and that's like 1940. So we got a while before we actually care about MGM. Mm-hmm. Um, we barely care about Warner Brothers right now, but, you know. Yeah. Um, eventually we'll get our first Looney Tunes star that has stood the test of time. Not yet. A couple of years still. Hmm. Let's go on to the part that our podcast is named after. How's it hold up? Uh, not great, as we've already discussed. Also, the gag about where men are men nine times out of ten, which is eventually followed by a just queerphobic joke where yeah. a guy gets... A guy that's maybe goopy gear, genuinely don't know, is playing the piano and he, like, gets blown up and his clothes are gone and then he acts all, like, effeminate and, like, ooh, no, and, like, walks off real um, stereotypically gaily. Well, they even do almost, like, makeup and make his yeah. eyelashes longer and all of that. It was, yeah. I was like, where did this come from? And even... Even... The setup to have his clothes blow off, it came from nowhere. Like, oh, has yeah. he drank a drink? Ah, uh, I guess it was too strong, and because sure. he's oh, okay. so effeminate or so gay, he he's can't he's it. the he's the tenth out of the nine out of the ten. Yeah, I got it. I got it. Yeah. Oh. Um, okay. But, but he's just he's just a big like gay joke that's also joke. transmisogynistic. But like they don't, I'm sure they have barely any comprehension of that. They're just look at this funny queer you know it's it sucks yeah it's just a, it it's sucks and also it's not like there's nothing about it that's particularly funny anyway it's like no. mom said the joke doesn't really have any like setup to that happening of any particular note he just drinks a drink and it's too strong for him and then he just prances off stage like it's not it's like you found the gay one yeah it's just the joke is just that he's queer probably or he's at least effeminate like it's just not there's nothing there no substance and it sucks um and then i guess you're supposed to reinforce that bosco is manly because he takes over and sits at the piano and takes over playing i I don't know yeah sure i don't know um honey is just damsel in distress there's just nothing really there's a lot of just this is a cartoon from 1932 and it feels like it in the worst ways so yeah let's go into our favorites and least favorites who is your least favorite character i know this is tough to think about characters since they're so well defined in this one i'm gonna say the stagecoach driver because he can't keep a hold of his hat yeah (laughs) keep a hold of your hat my guy or put it to the side if it's going to keep coming off, you know? Yeah. Hate that guy. <laughs> what about you, Mom? I know. I was just trying to think. Um... I know that's something that you're going to feel really strongly about and remember long after this. but Yeah, I mean, this is sad. This is a short and... The, the characters were so unmemorable that I, yeah, I, I'll go with the stagecoach driver because that's one of the few that even stand in my mind just because of the stagecoach bit going on so long. Who's your favorite character minus the horse? I just like him. Yeah. Bosco's yeah. horse. Yeah. I yeah. like him. Yeah. Good horse. Yeah. 
And it was kind of a cute gag where when he gets to his destination, it, it deflates. Yeah, I did, I like, did a, like that gag, yeah. yeah. It was so tired, it just deflated. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I'll agree. What was your least favorite moment? Uh, probably the extended unfunny queer joke. Yes, agreed. Fully. Yes. What was your favorite moment? Uh, the end. I mean, it is the funniest bit. Even if it is telling on themselves. Uh, that's just, like, you don't you don't really expect it. And so it it succeeds both because of its unexpectedness and just, like, I don't know, the brazenness of it. It's it's funny. But that's my favorite part. It's the most memorable part of the short by far. Like, it, that's the only thing that we were are probably liable to at all remember about this short, like as time passes. So, agreed. I think it was it was the only part that was really unpredictable. Yeah, I mean, it it definitely is the most memorable. But I guess before that happened, my my candidates were Bosco, like dancing. That felt. I guess more classic of the time in terms of the synchronized sound and all of that. And uh, it had, even though it was a um, mirror of, of Mickey essentially with, I don't know, he, it felt like he had the most personality there with his like expressions and things like that. And then I really liked the, uh, the skeleton, the, was it cow skeleton? I was going to say that, that when the stagecoach driver finally, did fall off the stagecoach. He landed on a cow skeleton. And then I, it was, uh, that was one of the only other unpredictable parts to me. Then, you know, it got up and it started, you know, galloping like a horse. Yeah. And I thought that, that looked cool. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll go with the, uh, with the Bosco dancing part. Uh, I don't think any of us recommend this short. What would we rate it? Hang on. We all sound so monotone in this, almost this whole, this whole podcast. We're just all ready to be yeah. done. <laughs> Um, yeah, no, I, I wouldn't recommend it, even with the twist ending, I guess. Um, yeah, I don't think it's it's worth it in the end uh, to get through just this subpar. And it didn't even look bad or anything. It's just kind of tired, I guess. It didn't look bad, but it didn't look, like, great. It's just passable. <laughs> yeah. And the repetition, to me, yes. took away, I mean, diminished that it looked good because... I wouldn't rate the animation highly because there was so little of it that wasn't repeated. (laughs) Yeah, that's a good point. I guess I'll give it a 1.25. Yeah, I think I think I'm right there with you. 1.25 and I and I wouldn't recommend it. Yeah, 1.25 sounds fine enough uh, purely for that ending. Otherwise, it would probably be a one or a 0.75 for me. Yeah, it's (laughs) I mean, it's it's not great. It's sort of. With that ending, you can kind of see some of the more sardonic humor that I feel like these cartoons would eventually be known for, but it's not enough to make the rest of the cartoon worth it. Thank you all for listening. Next time, we will be watching another Mickey Mouse cartoon. Yay! This one has Goofy in it. All right. Goofy, Goofy. He's still probably referred to at the time as Dippy Dog, but he looks like Goofy. All right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You're looking forward to that, especially after. (laughs) I know, right? It's got to be better than this, huh? Uh, Thank you all for listening and join us next time. Thank you. Bye. Bye. This has been How's It Hold Up with Danica Juarez and Jan James. You can find our podcast on Twitter at How's It Hold Up Pod. That's with each word capitalized and no apostrophe. 
Also, if you'd like to support us, we have a Patreon. You can find us at patreon.com slash user question mark U equals 2790566. Every little bit helps, and even with a minimum pledge, you get access to things you won't hear in our main podcast feed. Check it out for more info. The two pieces of music used in this episode were created by Kevin McLeod. You can find both The Curtain Rises and Cool Cats at incomptech.com. That's I-N-C-O-M-P-E-T-E-C-H.com. Both songs were licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0. More info on that can be found at http colon slash slash creativecommons.org slash licenses slash by slash 3.0. Thanks for listening. Let's start talking about fun facts. Yay. Seriously, yeah. No, no. 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 Let's get specific. Yes, it is. I'm just off the ball right now. Oh. I'm gonna <laughs> cut this bit, babe. Don't okay. put it at the <laughs> don't put it at the end. Okay? <laughs> I think that was a good one. That was a good one.